Welcome to Voices in Research podcast. We are students from Ruben College, University of Oxford. In this podcast, we will feature students engaged in multidisciplinary research from University of Oxford and around the world. We hope the podcast can inspire and motivate younger generations to pursue their own research interest in multidisciplinary domains. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast on Voices in Research, Students' Perspective in Multidisciplinary Studies. My name is Lakshmi and my name is Puyu. And in our first episodes, we're really happy to have Pranika Anam uh, as our first guest. She's uh, one of the alumni of Ruben College. She's studying MSc in Digital Health at University of Oxford. Uh, welcome, Pranika. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Priyu, and thank you, Lakshmi, for having me here. Um, yes, uh, I'm. Uh, I recently graduated with my MSc in Digital Health, and so proud to be a Rubenite. Um, I come from a background of digital health product management. I was working in, in that role for ten years in India, and uh, this is my second master's. Um, uh, I have a postgraduate degree in health management earlier, and I'm also. A, Dentist by graduation. Uh, currently, I'm working on uh, digital health technologies for older adults, and I'm specifically looking at uh, you know technologies that impact or do not impact um, isolation and loneliness, and how they can be improved. And for that, I'm uh, affiliated with the Department of Population Aging, uh, and very happy to be here. Thank you so much, Pranika. Uh, it, it's wonderful to know about your diverse background, and we want to uh, know a bit more about uh, your educational journey and uh, engagement in multidisciplinary research so far. So, can you describe a bit more about your journey and this? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, in terms of my education, uh, like I said, I. I graduated as a dentist um, um, way back in 2009 and I wanted to be very active in public health and especially in terms of behavior change models um, and I studied my first master's in public health and uh, I was involved in projects around HIV AIDS, malnutrition um, and drug addiction and thereafter I uh, began working in the workplace well-being uh, domain uh, for three and a half years. Uh, I was a wellness consultant for uh, you know leading IT companies, and uh, because at that point in time in India, uh, you know lifestyle change for non-communicable diseases, uh, you know was not a high public policy priority. Uh, the priorities were more on infectious diseases. And this segment was a little neglected uh, in terms of government funding. So I was more employed in private sector funding for you know workplace wellness. And from there on, um, I began my career in digital health in 2016. Uh, I, I started working as a product manager, and I had to design two mobile applications uh, for leading health insurance pairs in India and. Um, that was my introduction to digital health and from there on when it started to take shape um, in terms of AI diagnostic tools uh, 
in somewhere after covid is when i realized um i need to sharpen my uh, foundation in terms of understanding how to evaluate technology uh, if it's deployed at population scale for behavior change in health and uh, interestingly oxford launched its course in digital health uh, uh you know and the first cohort was being launched in 2022 and that's how i got here and uh through my thesis through my research um you know i was introduced to a fellowship position um by the samuel center for social connectedness and although it was not in my plans to become a researcher um uh largely uh, i had a very industrial background and and, and a commercial background um i took the leap and and currently i'm writing my second paper um so yeah it's been fairly interesting and multidisciplinary in that sense wow it's, it's it looks really uh, interesting and looks really inspiring that you have come from a background of dentist then you worked for several years in another field and now you are into digital health and after completing your masters you were working as a researcher really a proper uh, multidisciplinary combination of uh, different field uh, has been uh, has been your part of uh, the journey uh, and what do you like to add on this yeah, point i have a question for you pranika and i'm wondering what's uh, what's your strategies for time management when you're collaborating on multidisciplinary projects Well yeah that's that's an interesting question um i think time management in general um applies everywhere right i mean whether you're working on multidisciplinary research or uh, or a project i i personally feel there's there's largely nothing left today which is not multidisciplinary um i think most of the fields have these intersections um especially when you're at Oxford you come across networks uh, and communities from different courses and Ruben has been a great uh, you know ground for me to you know collaborate and network with people from really different uh, you know academic backgrounds um but yeah specifically i think time management strategies remain the same uh, regardless of uh, you know the kind of research you're doing but because you need to um you know seek evidence or um understand different disciplines and and the people the research that's happening in different disciplines and i can share an example here um my discipline sits at the intersection of technology um data science and behavior change um so there's an element of social sciences technology and healthcare uh, you know embedded and uh, our curriculum had lectures from you know tutors from all disciplines and and sometimes uh, we needed opinions and things and and you know so what i found was um just to have a routine uh, for your reading and um you know calendarizing your work organizing time for self study and organizing time for uh, you know events where you could actually learn interdisciplinary developments is important um you can't can't uh, focus on either you, you you learn from both of it and right now when i finished my first paper i was working closely with the department of aging and then i was working with the department of international development 
and I presented my paper to Oxford Poverty Health, uh, Poverty and Health Initiative, uh, which again is working on multi-dimensional approaches to measuring poverty. So, um, from pure digital health, there was a lot more happening, and I think in terms of managing time, I had to. Um, really carve out time for commitments around socializing with these departments, uh, coming back to my desk and having solo focused, uh, you know, uh, time for my writing and, 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 but I think using technologies again was a great help and organizing your work becomes easier with the technologies available today. So I would say time management is a combination of, you know, being committed and passionate about what you're doing. Um, having a calendar to your work um, and you know marking out time for all the networking commitments and social commitments and also using the right kind of uh, you know approaches to your uh, research strategy which is more about the design of your study. Wow, sounds like you have a very busy schedule. You engage with a lot of different people from all backgrounds and would you want to ask uh, more questions? Yeah, I, I just uh, following up on your uh, previous uh, response to what Puyu was asking about time management, you just mentioned that it also depends on uh, the kind of technology you're using. So based on that, I want to ask like how have you been using different tools and technologies in your research and how these tools are helping you to uh, be efficient in your work? Yeah, I think um, it's thanks to working in the corporate sector for 10 years. I think I was uh, pretty well versed with, you know, the whole art of delegation and calendarizing my day. So I think Outlook and Microsoft Teams, just to be basic, uh, the calendar for my work uh, has always been, uh, you know, a big part. And, and from those basics, I think specific to research, uh, I've been very involved with in-depth uh, systematic reviews and I've used tools like Covidence and uh, Rayan.ai for you know systematic reviews. They really help you with uh, organizing your literature search and um, you know an unbiased and blinded screening by independent reviewers. Um, in terms of uh, you know organizing and managing tasks, I also have found Trello and Notion very effective. Um, I personally have used Trello and uh, coming from uh, an industrial uh, background, you know, after a decade to academia, that also meant that I had to, you know, train my mind for reading long uh, research papers and uh, I'd, be, I'd be honest, I, I, I use listening tools and I find them very effective. So I use listening.io and sometimes I just use regular Microsoft uh, and sometimes SoundCloud. So I think when you can't read or you have struggles with reading long papers in a day, um, listening to those papers while on a bus or commuting or having your walk really helps. Um, and I think uh, for referencing, uh, you know, there are these softwares that, you know, most of the researchers use. So I've used both uh, RefWorks and Zotero. And uh, also the iSkills training uh, across Oxford on and the workshops around different tools that you could use is uh, really effective. Um, I have taken some um, uh, trainings from the Academic Center, um, the Language Center, and the equator group which is specifically on um, on medical sciences uh, research writing 
uh, I think there's so much available within Oxford in terms of training so uh, that could give you tools for writing better, tools for organizing your research better and tools for doing more in less time. Uh, so yeah, um, that's where we are. It's, it's, uh, it's nice to see that you're using lots of tools, uh, lots of technologies. Uh, just to follow up on this, uh, I'm just curious, like 10 years ago, what was it in terms of using this kind of technologies? Like, were there this kind of technologies in a way uh, or in another way of doing things in a traditional approach? Yeah, it's changed dramatically. Uh, I remember in my first master's, I used um, largely Stata and SPSS and Mendeley and a lot of work uh, and databases uh, used to manage in Excel. And um, so while some of that still remains, I think now we have, uh, you know, a lot of good technology available basis, the kind of research you want to do, whether it's a qualitative study or quantitative study. For qualitative, we used to have Atlas TI and I'm sure now they have better, better technologies. And yeah, so it's changed dramatically. And, and I think the good part is in Oxford, you have workshops uh, by the by the uh, IT center and uh, iSkills Bodleian libraries, um, many of these workshops are free, and so you you get training from learning R to advanced training in coding, and yeah, so I think there's enough and more available at Oxford. Thank you so much for the information about this. Uh, so, Puyu, would you like to add yeah, anything? I, yes, um, I have a question from different perspective like different area and you know the master course must have been very intense even in that you know coming from a different background to study uh, and researching in a different domain definitely must not have been an easy journey so how have you been taking care of your health and well-being during research you, I love that question because um, I think at the heart of um, our, our purpose lies um, how well our, our state of well-being is to, to engineer our progress and I think uh, there's, there's a good focus on welfare uh, within Oxford and, and, and I, I must say that the welfare team at Ruben has been exceptional. So when I came, um, I came from a, from a very different climate and I also came after a very long um, you know, break from academic studies. So it was a change on many fronts. I left a very um, flourishing career and, and a stable, uh, you know, position to, to start my journey again as a student. Um, so it was a drastic change and I think uh, many students might relate to this and it, it has to be a very uh, conscious and focused uh, approach when you uh, take a leap of faith like this and uh, mental well-being becomes more important uh, because at a place like Oxford there's always so much happening and you uh, you know often want to do more than your calendar allows for so I think uh, in terms of self-care and well-being it's always good to take your time take it slow um, get accustomed to your you know coursework and especially in the freshers months uh, you know there, there's so many activities so I think uh, one has to be prepared in terms of you know how they do deal with their routine around nutrition and exercising uh, even if it's like going for a walk every day especially in the winters um, 
to get get your body going and and moving and uh, I think nutritional supplements help because um, I think as you settle in as a student, you're still figuring out you know the the best way to to have nutritious meals uh, in between running for your lectures and your uh, in between your departments and various activities. So while the college takes care of a lot of these things, um, I think it's also important to invest in self care and. Um, and always know that there's support available and uh, sometimes you're not aware if the weather is playing uh, you know a role in how you're feeling every day so um, the good part is you have support helpline counseling you know peer support available around you so for me I have invested in you know going for welfare services every time I need it I've gone for uh, consulting um, a senior tutor and um, um, you know our welfare dean um, every single time and it's, it's made an incredible amount of difference uh, you know on how I coped with academic pressures and uh, also in general uh, my health situation um, so I would say that you know it starts with looking at your life in Oxford multi-dimensionally and uh, while you do well in academia it's also very important to keep, keep track of your health um, and know that there's enough and more support available at a place like Oxford and I'm very grateful for it. Well, uh, this sounds like it's very important like uh, to, to always know that there's help uh, out there for you to reach out. Yeah. Um, and lastly, would you like to ask more questions? Uh, actually, we're almost at the end of our podcast, Puyu and Pranika. So just to uh, wrap up our podcast, uh, I would like to ask uh, the last question for this podcast. And so do you have any advice to the prospective students or, uh, or the people who are uh, considering a multidisciplinary study for the future? Yeah, I think um, I don't know if I'm the best person to give this advice because ever since I came to Oxford, I've been meeting people uh, who've you know diverged in various disciplines. Um, they, for example, um, I share my office uh, with you know Dr. Caroline Potter. She started her journey in chemical engineering and then she uh, studied MSc in medical anthropology. And now she's working, you know, together we are looking at social prescribing and loneliness. Um, so I feel that there's so much of work of that nature around us. Uh, uh, but personally, what I would say is um, never be shy of experimentation. Um, it's an age where uh, interdisciplinary and intersectional work is, uh, you know, given due weightage. Uh, I've been very influenced by this book by David Epstein called Range. Uh, where he talks about you know how the 21st century is really about having a, a combination of many skills uh, than just specializing in one skill and and he gives the example of Roger Federer at the at the beginning of that book and Roger played many sports and and some of his acumen uh, in tennis is credited to the kind of sports he played and 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 the, and, the, and the impact that they had on his technique as a tennis player. So I would, I would say that never be shy of experimentation, go what your passion is in and 
don't be afraid if the dots do not connect immediately uh, because if we look at that fact then I, I started my life as a dentist really and now I'm looking to uh, shape a career in, in health policy and specifically looking at digital health technologies though I don't have a background in AI or computer science but I'm trying to look at aspects around ethics and technologies so um, I would say that it's only helpful when you juggle and learn different skills and uh, you know I think the learning from one discipline uh, connects to the learning in the next and it's an onward journey and I would say that you know we do not need to necessarily have a sequential template of growth we can grow laterally in many directions and many disciplines and this is the right age uh, and the right time to do it and uh, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, the University of Oxford fosters that kind of learning and promotes interdisciplinary research so uh, I would just say grab all the opportunities you have and, and um, you know give your best to them Thank you so much. That's that's really amazing. Thank you for your great advice, uh, and we appreciate your valuable time. Uh, we're really grateful to have uh, you as our first speaker of uh, this podcast, and I hope that uh, our prospective students and listeners find it uh, useful, useful for them to consider multidisciplinary studies as uh, one of their uh, alternative options in their career. Uh, do you want to add anything? Um, I, want, I just want to say thank you, Prinka, for agreeing to do this for us. Um, it's really amazing, and uh, the the answers are all very great. Um, I actually I learned a lot from your answers. Um, let's keep in touch, and we, we hopefully we're gonna do more podcasts in the future. We, we will we would love to have you come back in a few years or in a few months to see your progress. Yeah, Thank so, you. but don't pressure. <laughs> and then wish you all the best for your future research and future career. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you. Thank you to everyone at Ruben. And cheers. Good luck. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and visit our website at voicesinresearch.co.uk for more information. This project is supported by Rubin Public Engagement with Research Funds. We are thankful to Rubin College for the support. See you next time.